Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, Mauser Electronics. Not only does Mauser stock the world's widest selection of semiconductors and electronic components, They also offer an original content series called Empowering Innovation Together. Each month, EIT takes a deep dive into the hottest tech trends, and this month, the focus is on intelligent transportation systems. Check out podcasts, articles, infographics, videos, and more at mouser.com slash empowering dash innovation. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. I'm Reviews Editor Charlene Lowe. And today, what else? What else is there to talk about except the Apple event that has taken over our lives this week and has, uh, yeah, given Charlene a lot of work? I'm sorry, Charlene. Hope you're holding up okay. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk. We'll talk. It's all crazy, but the iPhone 13 was announced along with... New iPads, a new Apple Watch series, um, not not as big an upgrade cycle as I think some people were expecting, but we'll dive into all that. And we've got some other news, including a fun random announcement from Nintendo that I'm sure made a lot of Switch owners just perplexed this week. As always, if you're enjoying the Engadget podcast, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's always super helpful. You can drop us a note at podcastengadget.com. We typically broadcast live around 10 a.m. Eastern on Thursdays, so check us out on the Engadget YouTube channel for some fun times. You can see how the show's made, and also ask us some live questions. So, Sherlyn, it's the iPhone 13. We thought it may not be the iPhone 13. Well, you thought. That's a bad Don't name. put this on me. <laughs> you thought. The, the reason I think uh, we were expecting another model name is twofold. One, 13 tends to be avoided because it's seen as unlucky num- an, an unlucky number. Number two, this is a 12, like an S year, right? The last phone was the 12. So yeah. it's, and, and this actually is the more Im- important, relevant reason, I think. Um, the S year, meaning that usually you mm-hmm. don't get as much of an upgrade. So if you see it from that lens, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if it should surprise anyone that it's not as much of a, like, a big improvement or This change. should be called the 12S, basically, from the hardware yeah, we're looking of, at. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Apple thought that by bucking the trend and going for the 13 grab, right? It was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab 13's butt. We're gonna do this. Uh, You're gonna what? It was like, what? Please don't. What? We live in a new culture where we're respectful <laughs> of everybody, but yeah, they, they jumped 13. right onto 13. Yeah. Chutzpah. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
but but yeah, no, I I don't know what Apple was thinking with naming. Whether we will never see an S model again moving forward, <laughs> I I can't tell you. I'm not in their brains. But mm-hmm. yes. So um, what what is new with the iPhone 13? There is new processor, of course, the A15 Bionic. Right. The cameras are a little a better, given. I guess. If we're talking about just the Mini and the iPhone 13, not the Pros, then yes, there there is slight uh, improvement to the well. Both new both sensors are new. Uh, it's a dual camera system on the 13 and 13 mini. And then the ultra wide got like a more serious improvement to the point where it can let in, I believe 92% more light. So it's better for low light performance. Yeah. Um, the lenses are diagonal on the back now. Yes. So there's some hardware improvements, but most of the camera changes come in the software, I want to say. So mostly, uh, or the most significantly and notably would be the addition of a cinematic mode. Um, this is like what was rumored to be kind of a portrait blur effect in videos. And yeah, so, but it's actually a lot, surprisingly a lot smarter than that, right? It's using a combination of like face detection and like a bunch of AI stuff to tell what person's facing the camera when they turn around, this sort of thing to kind of just automatically adjust, um, the, so the blur. It, uh, just the focus. Point. Yeah. Just like a actual movie camera, right? So somebody in the foreground gets all the mm. focus. If you turn this on, everybody in the background gets kind of like blurred a little. But mm-hmm. what you're talking about, the intelligent aspect, if somebody looks away in the demo Apple showed here of like a knives out like little thing, uh, if the main character, the detective looks in the background, it focuses on the people in the background. That's pretty cool. And this is all it's, thanks yeah, to the it's, processor. Yeah. It's pretty smart. Um, yeah, exactly. Like uh, Devendra, you were saying, it is fully due to the processor, which is why it actually can't go on to older phones. Mm-hmm, this is not mm-hmm. a cinematic mode. It's not something that they can bring backwards to the iPhone 12 and older because it was reliant on the neural engine. It uses the A15's like new, improved neural engine, and it's applying all of those things in real time. What do you think? You're the movie guy. Yeah. I, I, and you wrote up the cinematic mode thing It's cool. Us. Did you like? It looks really cool. It is limited because uh, basically after they announced it, we were like, oh, this is amazing. Uh, we started looking at like their specs and the fine print. And Apple specifically says um, cinematic mode is limited to 1080p, 30 FPS, which is sort of like the most basic uh, video quality level you'd shoot on an iPhone. You, know, you don't get an iPhone to shoot 1080p video. So I think this is one of those things where... You want to make a cool little video where you can do these cool blurs and focus effects. You will be sacrificing 4K video. You'll be sacrificing 60 FPS. I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, reasonable yeah. in the sense that, like, imagine the sort of bit rate and the sort of sampling it has to do to create that. Like, no, definitely. 4K, it probably takes a super long time at, mm-hmm. at anything higher than 1080p at the moment. Definitely. Yeah. But I'm somebody who, like, I want to make my videos a little archival, you know, so... I don't go all the way to 4K 60 on my iPhone, but mm-hmm. I do shoot in 4K 30 so that it looks uh, there. There are more pixels, you know, for all my baby videos and stuff, you know, so it'll sure. last a little longer. And like there there is like more quality in there. Um, so that's just a bit of a sacrifice. This isn't complete magic, but it looks really cool. And I think when we were talking about this before, Sherlyn, it is mm-hmm. something I think everybody else will copy. And just like what happened with portrait mode. And we should be clear. Apple did not invent portrait mode. Yeah, that actually showed yes. up on Android phones first. Uh, I believe it was the HTC One M7 
or one of those with the ultra pixel cameras with their cool of? yeah they, they were like mm-hmm. lower resolution cameras but they had more like bigger pixels or bigger sensors so they could bring in more light right. um so they did that uh the pixel phones had something before the iphones did i believe right they had their own background blur thing yeah it was almost like all the android phones first it was like samsung did their yeah. artificial bokeh where you could yeah. like do they call it selective focus and you could do behind forward and none at all and then i think it was uh what is that uh <laughs> very famous camera brand that also like kind Hasselblad? of teamed up is it Hasselblad? Or Leica? I, I, it's, it's Leica, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was Leica with Huawei or something. Yeah, or, yeah, but yeah. They did some sort of like adjustable focus after the fact as well. And then it came through to the Pixels uh, and Google software after. And then I think it was Apple. Came. So And then there was that the startup with like the, was it Lytro? Was it the one with the weird camera? I think, I think that's that the one I'm thinking of. The tube yeah. camera that uh, I wrote about this like back in my even pre-gadget right. days. But it was a camera that was basically a long cylinder. So you could, after the fact, choose whatever uh, focal point you wanted. That never really mm. took off as a technology. Mm-hmm. But that idea kind of came back with portrait mode and being able to like tweak your photos. But anyway, Apple did not invent portrait <laughs> mode. But I do think... They certainly helped to popularize it and popularized it with multiple lenses, too, because uh, the Pixel phones were just doing one lens and, you know, software to make a, an artificial background or an artificial blur. There's a lot of back and, the and other, forth yeah. in these things. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think Apple's main thing here is that, hey, we know the, their chips are more powerful than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. That's something they've always said. And the benchmarks always kind of make that clear. Sorry, Qualcomm. Your Snapdragon, like... The benefit of Apple building their own hardware and then building the software around it and being able to like fi- have that dance being very finely tuned, that's always going to be iPhone's advantage. So it enables features like this. It's not like I wouldn't upgrade from an iPhone 12 or even an iPhone 11 yeah. to this um, just for cinematic mode. But it is a nice thing to have. And I think in a year well, or two, okay. we'll, we'll see it everywhere. Yeah. Not just for cinematic mode, for yeah. sure. I will say there's a couple of other new camera features that... Uh, uh, are added uh, with the iPhone 13. But I think the more interesting thing uh, that people might want to consider upgrading from, say, an iPhone 11 for would be the promised improvements in battery life. Like you, Mm -hmm. right? Like they're promising 1.5 hours longer on the mini uh, than the 12 mini and then 2.5 hours longer on the 13 Mm -hmm. than on the 12. So if you're on an 11, you're probably facing some kind of battery yeah. deterioration at this point. So would you enjoy upgrading to the 13? Probably. I mean, sure. it feels like a new phone. Having more battery life is nice. The screens are a little better, too. Like, they're, they're nice upgrades all around, but it almost seems like Apple is, like, even Apple is aware of, like, how incremental some of this stuff is going. And I've talked to a lot of people <laughs> who are like, yeah, I'll get a new iPhone when I need a new iPhone. You know, like, when my right. phone dies in my cold, cold dead hands, um... Then I'll get to upgrade whatever the new iPhone is. So I don't, I, I don't. It's really only the geeks like us who are like, what? What is the next numbered iPhone? What are the new features? You know, what's happening? Um, I think Apple is well aware that they're only speaking to a very vocal minority, I guess, with these events yeah. and uh, all this stuff because we're we're tech press. It's what we do. There is new five G support or more five G support. Expanded. I guess expanded. Right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't mm-hmm. looked super closely into like uh, what exactly are the right, uh, new right. bands that are being supported. So I can't tell you like what this <laughs> is. It mid band? Is it like what are you talking yeah. about? Um, but yeah, I mean, expanded five G support is not something that mm-hmm. is going to be very meaningful to a lot of people right now. I don't think so. Is it better for like it, international five G? Because I know in America, like we're very limited in terms of what we do. So. Sure. 
Potentially. Yeah. I mean, again, I haven't looked at the bands. I mm-hmm. need to take a bit more time to t- to do that. I can tell you, like, I'm not traveling internationally, so I really mm-hmm. don't give a crap right now about international support. Well, you'll be able to go back uh, to Singapore at some point uh, whenever things feel safer, you feel safe enough going. Yeah. It's more that the country needs to feel safe about me going. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. You're you're red labeled now. Singapore's pretty safe. In crazy um, America. Well, yeah. not really. Yeah, the, mm-hmm, the cases mm-hmm. are on the rise. I will say, here's one good reason to consider getting the new iPhone 13. Well, not really an actual good reason, but a, a vain one. The new pink color is hot as shit. Can I, can I, I can't say shit. Whatever. I don't know. I don't, you're not going to get censored. Shoes. We're not censored um, by the FCC it, here. Is it is it yeah. hotter than the red though? Like I think the the Apple the, red stuff. I bought my wife and I a red iPhone twelve. What is that? What do they call it? Series red or product red? Product red. Product, product red. red. Uh, it's a very nice red. It's very bold. Uh, the pink is product fine. Red is really nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I like the looks of the pink. I mean, I I loved the green from last year. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I mean, the green just look nice. at. I mean, the green is very pretty. And green was like <laughs> the color everybody used last time. Mm-hmm. It looks based on pictures. Like the pink will be similar to the Pixel Three pink, but I'm not sure. Cool. Uh, it may be different, but but it, I mean, look, if you're if that's enough to get you going, you know. Uh, and you're like, oh, I'll great for that new pink color. And you're not a person who uses a case. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Another another newness. And I don't know how like this year. case-free people can still exist. We are we are over a decade into owning smartphones and knowing these are basically fragile babies made of glass. It's like uh, people just get get a case. I, you can get a really thin case that will protect you from minor drops. Yeah, our, I, our video producer, our video, our video producer, producer just piped yeah. in saying he doesn't use a case. To which I say, you're a madman. Just just wait. No, One drop I, to the sidewalk. <laughs> I I mean, look, I've used um, a few pixels in the past, and yes, mm-hmm. whenever I've. I, 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 they drop at home and they're fine but yes dropping on the sidewalk is when they die mm-hmm. uh and i on the pixel 5 i still don't use a case i have been like some of the some of the iphones that i got since having to cover apple mm-hmm. um from after chris velasco that trader left us um <laughs> <laughs> i have put in cases right like because i, I almost feel like somehow because they're heavier they may be more likely to crack because the oh, force definitely. will be stronger when definitely. they fall yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm still trying to go a little caseless when I'm at home, but I think when I go outside mm-hmm. for sure, I'm going to slap a case. Well, people keep asking anyway. me, how do, how do I make my phone last, you know, more than two or three years? I want to be very, I want to take care of my device. I don't want to have to upgrade every year or like some sort of like Apple drone. Um, for the love of God, put a case on it, put a $10 case on your phone and you'll be and a screen okay. Protector, and yeah. a screen protector. Even then, like screen protectors are fine. Um, it's true. You do, I, you get a lot of scratches. Yeah. I know, I know. I found like a glass like screen protector really helped me when I had like the iPhone 5. That's a good idea. Really yeah. yeah. I have a 12 Pro right now, which I don't know how, but it has like all these little scratches when mm-hmm. I'm, I'm literally just sitting at home. It has not fallen. I don't know where these scratches came from. So, yeah, a screen protector would be good too. That's that's it for the iPhone 13 and the mini. Like, that's. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. For the, um, well, there's brighter <laughs> screens, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. 13 um, Pro, I think, is a little more interesting because it gets that yes. feature we've been begging for forever, which is a 120 <laughs> hertz pro motion screen. Finally. <gasps> I'm so happy yeah. about that. I'm happy for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be happy for you because you're going to be playing around with it. But that that is the thing that has been on Android phones for years now. And we've had 90 hertz Android phones, I think, for at least three years. Um, mm. So, yeah. Great to, great to see Apple over there, right? 
Yeah, I've realized lately because um, I, I for, for it might be disappointing to some of you to hear this, but mm-hmm. I've had to like switch over to iPhone for a little <laughs> bit. Trillin's a serious mobile reporter. She has to live in both worlds. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, just because she I had walks to, like, between the raindrops. <laughs> yes, I. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, never getting wet, and 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 definitely doing things like scrolling. And one of the things I do, and this is maybe outing a little bit of my creepy behavior, but oh I'm boy. sure everyone does this oh too, uh-huh. is when you look at your Instagram stories viewer lists, and those can go on forever depending on who you are, yeah. right? Like if you're if you're famous or popular, <laughs> I don't know. Um, they're Trillin's over here still using Instagram. Wow. Um, exactly. Yeah. What exactly. a millennial. No. Ugh. Screw TikTok, yeah. I, I have good for you, Zoomer. Um, doing things like that take t- like does does start to show when it's like a sixty hertz screen, right? It's just like mm-hmm. it doesn't stutter like as long as it's scrolling, but it does stutter like after it's been scrolling a little while. Like the rate mm-hmm. to like catch up on, with what's on top of the screen, basically the rate to replace what's on mm-hmm. top of the screen is slow enough that like you see it stutter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the difference between like seeing that stutter and like if you hold a piece of paper up and you just like roll it up and down, like actually sure, reading yeah. a newspaper is a smoother experience than reading a website on a 60 hertz phone because your yeah. eyes can keep up with like how everything is moving. Uh, that's basically it. I think that's that's a good way to explain it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very good upgrade, uh, and and you know promotion can support. It, it's an adaptive thing, which is like every other iteration of one twenty hertz screens out there are also adaptive refresh rates uh, screens. For Apple, it can go between ten hertz when you're looking at a static image or not doing oh, nice. anything, nice. and then up to one twenty. That's really uh, nice, and that that is key, by the way, because some of the early Android phones were like, here here is a phone that's always refreshing. At a crazy high refresh rate, and it's also killing your battery because of that. So enjoy. I don't remember the earliest iterations, uh, whether they had that. I know that OnePlus mm-hmm. and Samsung both did dynamic, which they're, I think you know, Razer, they're really adaptive. Was it the first Razer phone or like some of those Probably things? Probably like where yeah. yeah, the gaming phones were like, we're, we're always here. But the future for phones and certainly for every device is variable refresh rates because gamers have been talking about this. And I've talked about this like when I talk about gaming screens and whatnot gamers have always been about the high refresh rate but you don't know you don't always need all those pixels so what do you do until you you actually need that like in terms of saving power and whatnot you make it variable so that even lower refresh rates look better so that's essentially what's happening here yeah i think in some devices they do like uh either you can do 120 or you can do 60 Mm -hmm. or like you have you have the option to choose between the adaptive and the 60 uh like slower screen just to get more out of your battery when you need uh i have i don't really know if this is an option yet on uh the new iphones but we'll see but there's more about the pros right i mean Mm -hmm. basically like the like the regular 13s they got new sensors throughout the the for them as a triple camera lineup you've got down to f1.5 aperture Mm. on the main sensor it's really nice uh yeah, for the 13 Pro. Yeah, that is that is pretty big of an aperture. And then the sensor itself has pixel size of 1.9 microns, which is also pretty big. I can't remember. It's been a while since I covered uh, cameras that in depth, but I think 1.5 microns was kind of like pretty typical before. So mm-hmm. 1.9 is nice and big. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what that means is, right, it's able to let in more light. And as we all know, more light means more detail, crisper pictures, you know, because it can be, you know, faster with the lens uh, uh, shutter. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, that's really great on okay. the main. And then also on the tele, there's the telephoto now. It's 77 mm-hmm. mil- 
meters, uh, as well as I can't mm. really remember. Is that longer? That goes farther than before. Is I believe so. And and then together with the ultra wide, mm-hmm. uh, which. Sorry, so the 77 millimeter telephoto <laughs> allows for a three times optical zoom. Together times, with okay. the A15, mm-hmm. yeah, and the ultra wide and, you know, all that software magic, you're going to get A, some macro photography skills, um, which will which will definitely not make your Instagram mm-hmm. feed obnoxious in two weeks. <laughs> uh, definitely not. Or uh, it can also enable, I think, up to six times uh, hybridy zoom. Mm. I saw a number there. I that one I would like to confirm before yeah. I tell you for That's sure. That's Apple's official but, feature yeah. name, by the way, is hybridy zoom. Hybridy zoom. The I can't remember which of the. I think they mm. all have autofocus. I'm trying to remember which lens is the one that they. I mean, I, out I assume they would. Autofocus. The other thing too is that yeah. these the pros are also going to be able to do ProRes video which is yeah. going to be a really nice thing for actual video producers because that, you know, that's what less compressed to give them more uh, opportunity to actually like edit the video and tweak things. So that's nice. That's a nice feature to yes. have. Yeah. 99% of people do not need ProRes, but if you're a producer, like there are people who are out there using iPhones as like secondary or tertiary cameras on a shoot. So if you're shooting in, in conjunction with like professional stuff and you want to have that editing flexibility, ProRes will be uh, really nice. Uh, something Fight Night 14 in our chat room also mentioned the sensor shift uh, image stabilization yeah, is now on, on the... all the models. So the iPhone 13, mm-hmm. even the you know the cheaper ones, the non-pros. Last year, only the 12 Pro Max got that. So I have a 12 Pro right now. I don't have mm-hmm. that image stabilization. So that, that's a nice upgrade for everybody. I haven't played around enough with sensor shift to tell you how much i i like it above other features right now um i will say the 13 pro does get all the other features we talked about like cinematic mode uh better low light um Mm -hmm. i guess photography and yeah i mean look camera like where the cameras are at in the smartphone biz right now i'm pretty happy like Mm -hmm. i can't i can't complain i am very intrigued to see what Google is going to do with the Pixel 6, where mm-hmm. it promises to do all these great things with this processor, the way the A15 is powering a lot of these new features. So, I mean, yeah, I, I got asked this question a lot during our live chat on uh, earlier this week, where like, oh, are you more excited for the Pixel 6 or, or you know, <laughs> this guy? And I'm like, look, I'm excited for the Pixel 6 as a big change from the Pixel 5. It looks That's like a, a big more design significant yeah, upgrade. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But... As for their photography like prowess and how they compare to Apple, I feel like it might mm-hmm. be very similar. I mm. feel like we're going to see them do very... I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll eat my words in, <laughs> uh, in next month whenever Google decides to release the Pixel 6. I don't know if Apple or if Google is taking itself in a different way than Apple is when it comes to the, the Pixel phones. Like I do feel like maybe they've relegated... like. Okay, the vast majority of mainstream consumers are going to go iPhone. The people who want the like pro-grade cameras are going to go iPhone. Who do we serve with the Pixel phone? You know, I think they're still going after the camera people. I don't think they're mm-hmm. looking for the pro-grade camera people, but maybe people who just want really good pictures on their phones. Yeah. Um, I, you know, think there's also it's really sad. I think <laughs> that the share, like Pixel's market share, is so small. It's like one point something percent of the market so small. share. So small. It's so sad. 
I feel I saw, very bad for the yeah. I saw during the iPhone event the Google Nexus Twitter account tweeted out something. It was like, personally, Aww. I'm more excited for the Pixel Six. It's like, oh Nexus, we remember you. You were a nice <laughs> like try. You were so cute. Aww. Yeah, it's adorable. Don't do that. Don't do that, Don't guys. Do that. You try. It's like somebody at Google who clearly had that Twitter account still was just like. <laughs> Just wait for Pixel, everybody, while everyone's hyping on iPhone. Anyway, I, I think the ultimate thing is, like, this is not a super exciting iPhone year. I'm not sure if you feel differently, Sherlyn. I've also been asked by people if they find, an like, if you find a 12, if you just wanted a normal iPhone for, like, you know, yourself or for somebody in your family, and the 12s are going to be cheaper really quickly. So if you find, like, a 12 that's half off versus paying full price for a 13, I don't know if the 13's worth it. Go for the cheaper phone. Save that money for a future upgrade. I mean, I think that's a really good tip. But again, mm-hmm. I I will have to put the the two side by side to yeah, compare yeah. before I can tell you like how serious the camera improvements might be. Um, but yeah, I'm getting the overall feeling right now that like my review is going to be like, eh, like <laughs> great, like like it's a good phone. It's Don't an get iPhone. Me wrong. It's an iPhone, baby. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an iPhone. It's probably going to be a good phone. Uh. And I can already see our review score not being that much different from the way it's been in the past, right? Like, this Mm -hmm. is kind of a prediction here. But is it good enough to upgrade, especially if the 12 Mm. is right there for the buying, if you have an opportunity to get it on the cheap? I don't know. I feel Uh, like the 12 might be good enough for a lot of people who don't want to drop that kind of money. Yeah, I'm a deal hound. So it's like, when I look at, like, the 12 or even, like, the 12 Pro, if you're looking at, like, the Pro Max or something, uh, I'm sure, like, those things will drop down in price quite a bit. So it's almost like the way cars are priced these days where, you know, uh, if you buy a car brand new, you're paying top dollar for everything. You wait one year and all of a sudden it's, like, $10,000 less. That's how my car ended up being uh, basically by the time I bought it. So look out for the deals, folks. You, do, you don't have to just go buy everything new, especially with phones almost- and these things getting so expensive. Yeah. It's almost like Da Vinci should write a story about how to look out for the deals. Oh, the the moon in our chat, by the way, brings up a really good point that I... It's so small that I really forgot, but uh, the notches on these phones are smaller than before as well. Sure. They're like 20% smaller. Sure. But exactly, the fact that we clean forgot about it tells you just how it's nice. much of an improvement that is. It's, it's nice that they're getting smaller. Somebody, uh, people also mentioned the 64 gigabyte phones are going away. They're all 120 yeah, gigabytes at the base. That's yeah. very good. That's a big deal. We, we brought that up as an issue last year. So, hey, new phones, pretty much what we expected. I think a lot of the rumors and leaks were kind of going really Not hard true. because yeah. also a lot of them are probably for next year's phones because there was right before last week, uh, when we were talking about things, there were there were leaks around the 2022 iPhone that looked like a more substantial design upgrade. So, you know, get, get excited for that a year from now. Let's move on to some other things, because I think, um, weirdly enough, the thing that got me the most excited this year <laughs> at the Apple event is the iPad Mini, which is something I feel like even Apple has forgotten about. Like, they haven't updated that much. When they released the first one, that was back when, uh, was that, like, 2012, 2013? That was back when Android tablets, uh, small Android tablets were a thing and were becoming very popular. Like, the Nexus 7 mm-hmm. and Asus had some. So it's, like, going back into the past year. Um, but since then, 
uh, I don't think the iPad mini has had much going for it because the iPads got cheaper and smaller uh, or lighter. Mm -hmm. So they became more portable and the phones got bigger. And the iPad is like here in the middle being like squished like a little, little like iPad mini sandwich. Um, So now this latest model has a bigger 8.3 inch screen, slimmer bezels. It has the A15 Bionic. Um, It is basically, and it starts at $499. Basically, mm-hmm. it looks like the the phablet version of the iPhone 13 that I think a lot of people may want. I'm just looking at this thing being like, man, that is a good comic book reading tablet, you know, or a good like gaming, any reading. Yeah, anything, any reading gaming on the go. Um, it's powerful. It can replace a Kindle in some respects. It's not. Yep. It's expensive, but not like absorbent, like not like iPad Pro levels of pricing, which I could never justify. And weirdly, this thing is more powerful and more well-equipped than the current iPad Air, which Apple has not updated this year, um, or at least at this point. So I'm just hyped for what I could do with this. I can imagine, like, th- you know, s- throwing this in my messenger bag, walking around with it. If I want to, like, type up a story, work on some, stu- some stuff, I'm sure there will be keyboard cases or something eventually. Like, this looks like a nice little portable folio type of device, uh, almost like the the Surface Neo that we're still waiting for. Um <laughs> So what do you what are you thinking on this one, Trillin? I mean, I think this looks the same size as the Duo, first of all. So I yep, don't think we're yep. gonna be yeah, uh yeah. The Neo is probably for a bigger anyway. Um I love the looks of the new mini. I think the redesign did it a world of favors. I think I don't know how heavy it's going to be. I, I hope that the redesign didn't make it heavier mm-hmm. uh than before. There's still like a bunch of bezel around the screen, which is fine, honestly. Like for a <laughs> they're, they're calling it I, edge to edge, but it is yeah very bezely. Yeah, no, no, it's quite bezely. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's like I forgot what bezels were because I've been using <laughs> such like thin bezel devices for a long time now, and I'm like, oh wait, no. It's in my world, there are no more bezels. Yeah, yeah. in my world, there's USB C only, and yeah. no more be- but. And this no, one is no, USB C no too, right? World. Like I feel like Apple is slowly yes. making that change. Yeah. Well, on the iPad mm-hmm. side of things, right? Uh, but we can talk about this forever, but mm-hmm. no, we won't. I do like the looks of the iPad uh, mini. I'm tempted to get one myself, too. Mm-hmm. It starts at $499, which is more expensive than, obviously, the entry-level iPad that was also announced at the event, iPad mm-hmm. ninth generation, I believe, um, which starts at, like, $329. Mm-hmm. But this one has, like, pencil, second-gen support. It's got that nice redesign. It's got, you know, what else is looks, actually new about good. the Touch ID, I guess? Touch ID. Yeah. Well, it also supports center stage, which is sort of, like, the front-facing which video. Which the iPad centering does, yeah. And the base iPad does, too. So we'll get to that. And I think mm-hmm. that one is really, mm-hmm. for most people, again, I've said for years, like, the base iPad is the perfect tablet for most people. I have the, like, sixth or seventh gen right now that my daughter uses as her, like, you know, uh, YouTube, you, TV show watching mm. and like video conferencing machine, yeah. machine for her. This would even be that would be even better if it had center stage. So I'm I'm all hyped for that. But having that tech in the iPad mini seems really useful. Like mm-hmm. you could take meetings on the go pretty easily. Just like prop that thing up and like be outside and actually not be trapped at home to take a meeting. I don't know. <laughs> um, there is 5G My- support. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that leads me right to what I was just about to say, uh-huh. which is my, my favorite thing is people in our chat and comments going like, uh, this is literally, and Michael Brescia says, this is literally just a bigger iPhone 13 Pro Max. Yes. And then yes. also, also people saying that, you know, the iPad mini should just be a phone already. I, I mean, look, nothing stopping here, you. I don't think. Yeah. Right. I, I, th- I don't think the 5G support here is for cellular calls. Mm. I don't think iPadOS has a phone app. 
we got to look into it. Can um, you do but it all it does, just FaceTime audio calls? But it, you then just, that's only you FaceTime. You just do VOIP. People. Yeah. Right. You could do just VOIP, which a lot of apps will allow you. So with the 5G model, you could technically no. take calls on it. However, what kind of monster are you if you're using <laughs> people, that people size are device insane. up I think on your face? People are insane. Well, then... <laughs> Because I don't even know how many people hold their phones up to their faces anymore. I remember when the first Galaxy Note came out, I was like, that looks ridiculous. But it turns oh. out our habits moved away from doing Think that towards mega. having headsets yeah. and whatever. But you, you got to be able to fit a phone in your pocket, people. Like, I don't know. Just give up on that it's, idea. Mm-hmm. I agree with you that like people aren't all holding up our phones to our faces anymore because we're using wireless earbuds or, or just earbuds. Mm-hmm. I, I still do, though, because I don't yeah. go around with earbuds around at home. And when mm-hmm. I'm making a call at home, yeah, I'm not plugging in. I, I would just really put it to my speakerphone. Face. It's just like deal, deal with the ambient noise. Other person calling me. Um, but no, like it is basically the 12 Pro without like all the extra cameras. There is better camera tech in the in the mini as well. But it's also half the price of you know of the 12 or the 13 pro and the Mm. more expensive iphone so i think that's like a good deal overall it is 650 with 256 gigabytes of storage which is the one i'd probably go for right but it starts at 499 it starts at 499 which is pretty good with 64 gigs um i'm just i'm i really it's i just like it i just think it's nice it's very cute um any any further thoughts because we should talk about the other ipads and the base one especially is a good step forward yeah yeah, no, no. Let's move on to the next, the gen, the base uh, entry level iPad because this guy. I mean, all I can say is it's cute, and <laughs> we all know how much I love cute things. It's uh, it's cute. But if you want, yeah. if you want an iPad for your kid, or you just want like a simple, you don't need all the. You want something that's bigger and too, like a ten inch plus screen. Um, weirdly, you can spend less money and get a bigger iPad with the base iPad, which is bringing over. It has Pencil One support, like last year, so not the latest pencils. But better cameras, better battery life, I think more storage at the base model too. So, hey, it is a nice machine. And again, look out for deals, folks, because if you don't if you don't care about what they added to this one, last year's model will be an even better deal come this holiday season. Like stores are going to be trying to clear out their stock and everything. So, you know, shop smart, wait until Black Friday. I'm sure you could get something really good if you just hold out a little. Yeah, hot tip. Mm-hmm. Also, geez, Black Friday is not that far away anymore. So yeah. that's depressing. We we each just have to survive <laughs> like five reviews until Black Friday. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the time of year, mm-hmm. let's talk about the time of day. No, wow. basically another device that I know that was a very bad segue, everybody, but bear with me. The Apple Watch Series 7 is one of the other devices that was announced this week. And I don't know. I mean, again, as with basically everything else that was announced, this seemed like a very incremental upgrade. The biggest change here are the slightly bigger screens. Uh, I mean, this 20% like bigger uh, displays mm-hmm. themselves. The borders are like, what, 40% Ooh. thinner, the bezels. The borders look like um, they've, been, they've been obliterated basically at this point. Yeah. 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 I mean, 40% is basically close to 50, which is like huge, like a huge shavings, shavings. Um, but... <laughs> But all that together allowed Apple to squeeze about 50% more text on screen when you're looking at, say, a message on your watch. Um, So it is nice to be able to see more on your screen at once, for sure. Like if you're using it to track a workout, you might potentially get to see more. Um, Don't know yet 
exactly how much of the new OS or the interface that applies to in terms of squeezing in more yeah. stuff. But we know that there's new watch faces as well. And the watch faces um, look like the ones that have like all the info looks like they can squeeze another line of information in yeah. there compared to yeah. even the last that series. That would be so, so that's nice. nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. that'd be really nice. The other thing, one of the rumors that at this point, I'm just going to be like, oh, it's a render. Does somebody like imagine this thing? <laughs> or maybe it's a coming the flat up, edge coming one. device. Yeah. The flat edge render. The renders of the watches with flat edges. They basically look like shrunken down iPad minis, right? Mm. Like very, very tiny iPad minis on a strap. Uh, that's what the flat edge <laughs> uh, watch renders looked like. Yeah. And this is not. This even Keep, got a yeah. little bit curvier. It's a little curvier. Um, like I think that looks a little more organic and just feels better on your wrist. Because I, I don't want flat points like right up against my skin uh, if I'm wearing it all day. But again, that could be a 2022 update for the AU for yeah. the Apple Watch. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. Like everything else, this got like uh, a new, I want to say a new bat- battery. Battery life is the same, but mm-hmm. faster charging. Mm. Uh, that, if you have the yeah, USB-C that, cable. So you have to have that. Which should yeah. come with, yeah, which should come in the box with mm. this guy. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, no, it's supposed to get your phone from zero to eight, a phone, your watch from zero to 80% in 45 minutes. Nice. And okay. Apple is promising eight hours of sleep tracking with eight minutes of charging. <laughs> that is not bad if it does what it says it's going mm. to do. So we mm-hmm. will, a lot of these will have to say watch is available later in the fall. So it's not really ready yet. Whereas everything else you can more or less pre-order as of this Friday, the 17th. And uh, they'll be available on the 24th. Which I'm is like so, I'm after. so tempted. I am so tempted to just lock in that iPad mini, but I'm going to wait and see folks. Cause who yeah, knows, like who knows, reviews. wait for the reviews, but also wait to see like what the pricing and stuff is like in a couple months. Like, Maybe it'll be you could get some nice bundles with them or other stuff. I'm waiting to see like what the accessories are. If Logitech yeah. drops a really nice like smart keyboard case for that thing, like mm. I'm there. I'm there immediately. Um, I like the fast charging too because it's like if you use it to track your sleep and then like you have maybe one hour to like shower and get dressed or something, you yeah. can drop it in the charger, give yes. it a full like boost for the day and just move on with your life. So that that is really nice because it used to be you yeah. had to leave it on the charger for a while, for several hours to get a full charge. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was trying to, I thought I thought I had enough, I had charged it enough. I put it there for maybe yep. like 30 minutes. It yep. got like 15 to 20. Actually, it got like almost 40%, it mm-hmm. said. And then I was I, I was midway through a workout and it died, which is, what, I was very angry. I was like, We're, n- it, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter now that I'm working out. The watch is not tracking it. Yeah. There and is my day gone. What's annoying with the Apple Watch too is that the charger is only uh, capacitive, right? So it's only like wireless. If, if it's off a little bit and you lose that, char- like it doesn't end up charging, it's very easy to mistake that where it does. It's supposed to magnetically clamp on, but something can shove it. Something can happen where you think it's charging. It doesn't. Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends. Right. I, I, for me, I, I use the SE on the daily, the mm-hmm. watch SE, and, and I tra- have to charge it on the daily, yeah. too. And yeah. it does snap on pretty like solidly it's mm-hmm. it's it's pretty clear when it snaps on and if you leave it on a surface where nothing's gonna jostle it around you sure. should be fine uh but yeah if someone like steps on the wire that it's you know attached to you it might come off quite easily mm-hmm. I don't it's know. the downside uh, of wireless charging if you have kids if you have pets like there's so many things that could go wrong uh if you get an apple watch books invest in a in a stand of some kind like a charging stand because those are a little more secure you can like have and then you can like put the watch up on your nightstand or something too if you wanted Anything else about the Apple Watch, Sherlyn? 
Honestly, it's kind of sad that I can't tell you much else because there, it, it means that there's just not much else. You mean there's um, no there's camera of, on the Apple Watch? <laughs> you know what I can tell reason? you uh-huh. that I am stoked about that is related to the Apple Watch? Fitness Plus Fitness is looks getting good. a mm-hmm. bunch of updates, num- the key of which being group workouts over SharePlay. Uh, if you recall, SharePlay is the feature that allows you to watch TV or share your screen with your friends over FaceTime. And Fitness Plus is bringing workouts, group workouts of up to 32 people uh, that you can work out with on a FaceTime call, which I think is pretty cool. The problem for me is that there's so many prerequisites, it seems. Uh, crap, I didn't get around to, um, I have to ask Apple more questions about this because it, I don't know if like everyone on the call needs Fitness Plus, right? a subscription which means that then every one of them needs to have an apple watch right yep. because like yep. you need apple watch to use fitness plus um but this is an no, exciting you can, feature you can for use those fitness of, plus just with the unit. iphone you won't get yes, health you tracking can, or but you apple need TV to have thing. the watch mm-hmm. you need the watch to be able to use fitness plus at all um mm-hmm. i mean to, to be able to access the app to begin with they'll be like oh where's your like there needs to be an Apple Watch associated with the account. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but but it, it does seem cool. Uh, again, this is another feature that will probably be available a little later in the fall, just because it's tied to the Apple Watch, I think. Uh, some of the updates are coming uh, first, like new like Pilates workouts, mm-hmm. some new search filters. Uh, there's like these uh, winter sports style workouts featuring Tad Liggety. Um, is that a real so, person so, or are we just like making up words now okay I know I was like is, isn't that a song title anyhow <laughs> uh, Liggity is the last name for no, sure no that's no I'm diggity just, like, not entirely yeah. no diggity I know um, <laughs> but yeah there is no diggity here only Liggity mm. and uh, <laughs> yeah just a bunch look Fitness Plus is getting an update. The one I'm it most stoked cool. about is group mm-hmm. workouts. And it is, it is, yeah. I've got questions, but it does seem like it could be fun, especially as we continue to hybrid our way through this <laughs> pandemic world. Have you done um, much Fitness Plus on the Apple TV, Sherlyn? Because for me, yeah. I've tried it a bit, but the syncing is kind of annoying where it's like, if if your Apple TV loses sync with your watch at any point, it's yeah. like, oh, I, I guess I'm just going to throw this workout in the trash and I'm going to just throw away all That's these exactly stats. What he said yeah, 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 yeah. They got to work yeah, on that. Exactly. Well, so so for me, I have not yet had a problem with syncing. I mean, once or twice, it'll, it'll have trouble looking for the Apple Watch in my uh, living room. Um, but it, it, I haven't had a major issue because probably because I'm in such a tiny space, it's there's not much range to kind of distract from it. But are, you're, if you're losing it in the middle of a workout, that's a huge problem. And I never yep. have encountered that. And then the workout stops and there's no way to like continue it from yes. that point and you lose yeah, all your you data. Can't. So yeah. mm, for this to work better, and I want to do this because I don't I don't go to the gym, so I want to be able to do mm-hmm. this stuff at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to be able to have faith in these things. Um, we'll mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this all goes. What Were you expecting anything, Sherlyn, that wasn't announced this week? Yeah, bruh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I thought it was all but guaranteed that the AirPods 3 were going oh, to show up. I, yeah, I yeah. wrote those words in our preview <laughs> post. I was like, eh, it's pretty much going to show. But the uh-huh. leaks were super thin. There were only like one image and like some sources talking about the AirPods 3. But I looked at the time of year. I looked at the amount of time that's passed since the last AirPods, the entry level, not the pro, have mm-hmm. been uh, released. And it seemed like the time. It was the like timing the exact amount of time mm-hmm. it took. Yeah, but... 
maybe, you know, Apple has been releasing enough AirPods products in the interim mm-hmm. that it feels like you didn't have to announce one today or, or this week. I also don't know what they could do with a base AirPod model is the thing. Like the AirPods Pro fixed all the things I wanted on the AirPod side. So it's like, what do you, you can't bring noise canceling into an open ear headphone like the AirPods, you know, you can maybe make the speakers a little bigger, maybe add more battery life. But at the same time, those things are still flying off the shelf. So it's like, there is no impetus for Apple to be like, hey, let's just do a new thing, you know? Or like no impetus to make a cheaper one is what you're saying, mm-hmm. because if mm-hmm. they made a cheaper one and those would fly off the shelves harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but but some of the rumors were around like, yeah, a slight redesign, mm-hmm. a p- p- like the ANC, the active noise cancellation and the spatial audio stuff was kind of disputed. It was like back and forth. People were saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if later this year we see, you know, Apple drop them, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe with less fanfare. Uh, the other thing that people were expecting to see based on some of the analyst chat or chatter uh, is redesign MacBook Pros. Uh, yep. And p- people kept asking about new M1 chips too. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that, you know, we still got a good chunk of the year left that we might still see. <laughs> Not as much as uh, you think, though. It's, I know. It's the middle of I September. Know. Like, this is this is done. We're almost to CES, everybody. Like, well, uh, I'm not, my life is over. I know. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Apple to have another event. I think mm-hmm. in, in the past, Definitely, the, traditionally, yeah. they have another one in November, like an educational thing in, in Chicago in the past, like an iPad-only one. So maybe they do another event just for MacBook Pro redesign mm-hmm. because it seems like if they did introduce a new chip that they might think it warrants an yeah. event. But that's a whole different just, conversation. Yeah. Like you get to talk about not just the A15 Bionic, but what what's in the M1X or what what is in yeah. like the next stuff. Exactly. So I totally get exactly. that. Um I think the rumors for the new AirPods were like maybe they would have some of the design of the AirPods Pro. So yep. like that yep. would be good. Removable tips. Like that's really all you gotta add is like yep. removable ear tips right. so anybody could wear these things because I cannot <laughs> at all fit a normal airpods in my ears but also yeah. if you basically took the basic design of the airpods pro and just ripped out anc because if you yeah. if your ears are plugged well you don't you don't necessarily need the noise canceling that could easily be a ch- pair of cheaper uh airpods they could even keep the current models around like i don't know if apple would ever do this but make those the cheaper ones you know because for some people those are just fine so drop those in price and then have a you know have another one uh, basically what they did with the Apple Watch. So mm. lots of things Apple oh. could do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, speaking of doing that with the Apple Watch, just a heads up for everyone that hasn't, you know, been tuning into the Apple News. The Apple Watch Series 3 is still around. It's starting Don't at 199 still. Don't buy that. I, no. I agree. It's old. It's it's outdated. Your, you know, the screen is not as big as even the Series 6 or the SE, my, mm-hmm. like not to mention the new 7. So I, yeah, I just, it's, you know. It's bad. Don't. Don't, don't uh, there's buy that. no mindfulness things mm-hmm. too. Uh, people on our live stream can see uh, mindfulness prompts for their reflex sessions. Like think about something you love, for example, um, and and you know <laughs> that stuff is coming to fit. Uh, sort of to, like to think about something well. you love and subscribe to the Engadget podcast. <laughs> that that could be the message that comes to your yeah, I, Apple Watch every day. Action item, actionable action item. item. Sit and think and subscribe and leave a review. That's all. <laughs> uh macbook pro redesign anything like yeah not not much else we're expecting from apple this year um what about the competition like i know we talked about pixel 6 so mm-hmm. like overall thoughts for Lynn, like are you expecting 
typically what happens is that we get the Pixel 6 and then come CES time, Samsung is just desperate for attention. They're like, uh, there is another Galaxy coming. Don't worry. We'll we'll announce it in January or February. Um, so it's like a mad rush for attention with all these companies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that is Samsung going thirsty for attention or if that's just their typical product mm-hmm. release cycle. Who knows? They did move it a lot earlier. It wasn't um, always around CES in like February. Like it used to be later. So... They got early. It used to be yeah. like March, then mm-hmm. it got earlier around. It was M- It was. It used to be MWC. MWC, yeah. Then it had their own separate event. Then I don't even want to chart that history. <laughs> it's too much. It makes me feel old, you guys. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say that in the market right now, I, I, yeah. Look, what else is there for them to compete on, right? A lot of people in our chat on Twitter have been echoing the sentiment of like, yeah, these phones are boring. I'd rather be able to fold my phone in half. And look, I get, I get mm-hmm. that we're bored. I get it. But I think this boredom might be a sign that they're just really getting very good and there's not that much yeah, to do. That's it. And don't but, don't yeah. be don't be bored and ignorant of all the progress we've made. How about that? Because if you have a if you have a really fast phone in your pocket, like that's incredible. Ten years ago, I don't think we had we had a clue like it would get this good. So I guess it's a little boring, but also like to me it's like it's almost like the fall of Rome type deal where it's like <sighs> we have this giant civilization and we've like taken over the world. I'm just so bored. And then your empire <laughs> falls apart. So, you know, and they're like, we're excited now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we've got a lot of things going on. So phones are not nearly the most important thing going on in the world right now, but it is nice that we've come to a point where you could buy a $400 phone that'll last you a couple of years, especially on the Android front, even on the Apple front, the, the SE is still really good. So, We've come to a really good place. Uh, who knows like what the future will bring in terms of like hardware that excites you. Yeah, we're all a little spoiled. Like that's ultimately it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like, look, if you want to see the exciting stuff, you can always look to the brands out of Asia, like Oppo, Xiaomi. Um, things it, you can never in- buy. Yeah. Things we can't buy here, but some of those features do trickle out over here. Like, you know, I think under display cameras were were one of the better ones was on the ZTE Axon 30, Mm -hmm. I believe. Um, And we've seen them in Samsung. We haven't seen Apple adopt things like that. Apple tends to be a little slower. I think it tends Mm -hmm. to wait till it sees the The crazy telephotos in some of those. Yeah, yeah, the space zoom. Jeez. Um, but, But it's not that there aren't exciting features popping up in some t- in some cases literally uh around the world in, in in the smartphone industry but here it tends to take a little time for them to get adopted into you know our more mainstream phones yep we'll we'll, we'll see a lot of that how about until then realize like how much we chase gadget news is like sort of an addiction you know uh strap on your apple watch hit that mindfulness app and just uh remind yourself that things are pretty pretty good Tech-wise, so it's it's okay. Just let Apple lull you to sleep. Let's move on to some other news. And I think the most hilarious thing I saw this week is uh, Nintendo on Tuesday night was just like, hey, hey, do you want Bluetooth audio mm-hmm. on your Switch? Here's Bluetooth <laughs> audio on your Switch. And everybody was like, they just they just tweeted it out. We've yeah. been begging for this for four years, and they're just like, uh, hey, here, here, here's Bluetooth audio. Um, just hilarious. Uh, update your switches, people. Uh, I think the early reasoning 
from Nintendo, why Bluetooth wasn't there from the beginning was that the Joy-Con controllers used Bluetooth and they were worried about like interference and stuff with that. And the Joy-Cons had a lot of connection troubles too. So yes, I think it's taken Nintendo a while um, to implement this. Uh, I've tried it a bit. It seems fine. Pairing is kind of finicky. Like it doesn't work uh, exactly with every single pair of wireless headphones. I've noticed from some people like they say it kind of adds to their startup time from standby with the switch because it has to like search for a headphone or something. So this is all just like getting started. But hey, it is uh, it's nice that Nintendo finally took the step. I have been buying $50 Bluetooth adapters to plug onto my switch to get a a little bit of that because playing switch with a wire with a cable um, at home is fine. But when I was taking the subway or on airplanes or something, I was like, I just I don't want to like deal with cables. Uh, so I used to pay just for that. Um, and then I'd lose those things because they're dongles and you lose them all the time. Now it's just kind of built in. So, hey, that's nice. Check it out, everybody. Uh, Sherlin, would you be using this because you you have a switch? I would if I were. Yeah, that like that 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 use case that you said, right? If I were in an airplane or a bus or whatever mm-hmm. and trying to play on the go. Yes. Bluetooth audio would be so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that in that case, too, the Joy-Cons don't need to be, you know, unplugged so they can not use the Bluetooth connection yeah, or I not w- have I guess, interference at it. They didn't say if that was a re- like a requirement that the Joy-Cons have yeah. to play, stay plugged in. So I almost wonder if like Nintendo trapped like five engineers and put them in a closet for four yeah. years and like, just figure it out. Make sure it works, okay? Um, and then to get out, they were like, it works yeah, when it you works. plug the Joy-Cons in. It works, it works, it works. It's let me out. Let us out already. Miyamoto-san, let me out, yeah. Uh, I'm so sick of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you can uh, save up to 10 Bluetooth devices, doesn't support microphone, and you can only pair your Switch with two controllers at once while using Bluetooth audio. So there's like... So it looks like you, you they don't have to be plugged in, but you, you have that limit. You can only be two because some two. people, yeah, some people do like multiple controllers for like multiplayer stuff. Uh, if you yes. ever do the tabletop thing, like in Nintendo so, commercials, yeah. So if you have two controllers at once, can you pair two headphones? I don't think like you, can pair, you can have a so, memory of multiple pairs, I believe, but you can't have them right, both the same right, time. simultaneously stream, right? So if you're if you have two Joy Cons paired and you're playing a multiplayer mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. separately, two people, only one of you gets to hear the audio if you're also using Bluetooth audio. Also, local wireless multiplayer games, I think, because of uh, the requirements there. So if you're playing like Mario Kart against somebody else mm. with their Switch, you can't use wireless right. audio. So, you know, lots of limitations. It's a little clunky, uh, like so many Nintendo, like technical implementations. Mm. But hey, at least it's here. It's better than nothing, folks. So, you know, check it out. It's a start. Switch. It's a start. Um, I just downloaded the game that was really well reviewed this week called Eastward. It is like uh, from a Chinese mm. studio. It is like a little RPG. Ooh. It looks really nice and cool. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to like getting some wireless audio time with that. What else is going on? Sonos has a new Beam soundbar. The second gen Beam um, is going to cost $449, so 50 bucks more than the last one. But this one brings in uh, Dolby Atmos support and support for other higher end uh, codecs. So mm. it looks really cool. I have a Beam right now. Um, I don't want to sound too privileged, but I have a Beam right now that is connected to my bedroom TV. So it is a perfectly capable soundbar for that. And I know a lot of people who have it in their living rooms too. Like, you know, it's 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 a great soundbar. The Beam was good, but it was limited because it didn't have uh, Atmos. It couldn't support like higher end codecs. So this new one can. With Atmos, you'll get like some sort of like 
I, th- I assume it's going to be using upward firing speakers for that. Um, I'm actually going to be getting this in to test in a week or two. So we'll keep an eye out for my review. I'm really interested in seeing how it compares to the Sonos Arc, which is their most mm-hmm. high end uh, sound bar right now. That thing normally costs uh, 800 bucks, but Sonos also just increased the price of all their speakers by like 10%. So the Arc now costs $900. We're in a we, we're in a weird case where products are actually getting more expensive without actually changing. So, hey, folks, if you've been waiting to get a Sonos and you see something on sale or at a normal price at your favorite retailer, uh, get that Sonos because prices are going up immediately. It's nuts. Do you have a soundbar of any kind, Trillin? Because I've been wondering. You've got your nice TV. You've got your Switch. What's what you doing for sound? I don't have a soundbar, and I am intrigued by this you should one. Get it. I think Sonos yeah. has good stuff. Yeah, I might. Uh, the problem, the, the, not problem, is more like I've been getting by with the um, smart speakers that I have for music, and this is great for movies and TV mm-hmm. and stuff. I've been using the internal speakers on the TV, which have been fine, honestly. Mm. Um, but mm. I'm starting Mm-mm. to feel like I need a, a beefier setup just to yeah. drown out my neighbors who will never stop making noise. Yeah, exactly. So. That, that's a, The best revenge against your neighbors is loudspeakers. Um, that's how civilization works, right? Um, everybody needs a soundbar. You don't have to spend $400 to get a good soundbar. You can actually get like a really good Vizio for 100 to 200 bucks too. But I think for you, Sherlyn, the Sonos Beam would be nice because it also has built-in Alexa. So you can use it as a smart speaker it supports like, you know, you could throw audio to it. It'll make your movie sound better and stuff. Like when you play games, it'll sound better too. Like speaker sound is important, folks. So oh, I can hear know. the the animals chopping on overcooked more clearly. Thanks. Exactly. I mean, I'm really exactly. It's going to be that. great. Um, sound is important. So invest in that for your setup. The best thing about buying good speakers is that they will last a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. And hopefully Sonos will keep these products around for a long time, too. There there was some controversy when they started, like, yeah. killing off their older first-gen devices. Um, yeah. Smart speakers, folks. Like, if, if you want a speaker that'll last forever, get yourself a real receiver and some actual wires and put that together, and that'll last forever. But for now, the Beam, the second-gen Beam, looks really good. Stay tuned to our full look at that. Sherlyn, you want to talk about Xiaomi... Doing something so, like other companies? I'm shocked. So so my favorite thing, sarcastically, this week was every other company deciding it had to announce a lot of things on Apple Week. I'm just like, y'all can chill because there's <laughs> stuff going on. Xiaomi un- unveiled a bunch of phones actually this week. But in addition, it also launched its own smart glasses, which I think was more of a surprise than anything Apple <laughs> unveiled uh, at its event. Uh-huh. Uh, I uh, So this basically, a lot of people, th- th- there's no real name for it. It's called Xiaomi smart glasses. Uppercase are, are these S, real G. or are these just a r- uh, render? Um, I, I no, so they're real. They just don't. We just don't know if there's a price or a launch date yet uh, for these things. But here's here's what it's <laughs> where it's different from Facebook mm-hmm. or Ray Ban's stories, right? A lot of people have been comparing them, and that's not actually the right comparison to mm-hmm. make. I think at this point because it's actually very reminiscent of the Google Glass. Yeah, except yeah, yeah. for. Yeah, it's much more like like Google Glass in, in the sense that it's got a tiny display hovering on top of one of the lenses. It will show you messages, notifications, maybe even like uh, navigation and text translation in front of your eye. Um, it uses a micro LED display. It's got 
also um, some audio output, and there is a five megapixel camera on it. Those are all very Google Glass like features. I know that Facebook mm-hmm. Stories has similar, but Facebook Stories, I believe, Dev, you've, you've mm-hmm. used them, I think, right? Like they're more for capturing video. Yeah, it's more for uh, capturing. There's stuff. no, there's nothing on the, the, the lenses. So you can right, use, exactly. you can hear audio, you can capture video and photos, that's it. Exactly. So so the display here, again, similar to Google, is a monochrome solution. It's not a full color OLED or whatever, right? It's it's really just meant to show you text mm-hmm. and simple diagrams, I believe. Um, by being and, real, I mean, do we have we seen anybody wearing them? Are they showing them live in action? We haven't had like hands on. We haven't seen not even hands on. Like, do they have videos of people actually using them? That's that's I mean, the main thing. If all I'm seeing are product renders, I'm like that that. It's it's like the Mad Max meme. That's a trap. So um, they they have like their own like trailer video for right, it. I don't know right. if like and and there are people using it in that mm-hmm. trailer video. You know, it, there's a man wearing it, looking mm-hmm. at three three icons. There's a messages icon, a, a camera icon, and a maps icon. Does it look um, real or pre rendered? Like that's the thing. These I, I, these vid- it looks these like he's videos. actually wearing it. Yeah. No, I mean like does the screen on the glasses look real or pre rendered? Because I can't tell with some of these. That's the it thing. It could be. I mean, who mm-hmm. knows? They mm-hmm. could have made up like a photoshopped a screen onto the thing. This is true. We'll see because we don't. We don't know when it's coming. We don't have pricing. Like the less detail you have, the less real a product seems to me. But uh, I guess yeah, sure. At least it's not a complete doing exactly what Facebook is doing or other folks, right? I mean, I will mm-hmm. say that I have asked for a review unit, so mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to hear back. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm sure they heard you. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, review. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, meanwhile, somebody's in the background, like, duct taping this thing together to, to finalize it. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward. I, we are going to have to have a lot more conversations around smart glasses, especially uh, in Xiaomi, in China, and elsewhere. Like, yeah. Things are... This almost seems like um, we we are seeing so many things about how technology is kind of like hurting our society and the social fabric and now we're like here's this new thing to be terrified of everybody we have not put any thought into how this works uh but get ready it's gonna be 5.99 yeah i don't know i'm i'm not going to like uh uh you know crap all over a thing before i test it because i don't know yet uh they're they are saying that the smart glasses i i just went to check is a concept so no it might not oh, yeah. be coming yeah. out there is a person using it and wearing it uh, but they don't have review devices. I have a lot of concepts. So, I have so many concepts. I was, yeah, look, Xiaomi. Yeah, that's this is the thing that Xiaomi does, right? It's like it. It, it first of all, it has like a thriving ecosystem of mm-hmm. like these third party startup y you know, uh, Kickstarter y companies that make really interesting things. Uh, for the most part. Um, but then Xiaomi itself has a hand in everything from like smart home devices. Like it's, just, I still so badly want the Xiaomi rice cooker for some reason. Um, there are so many other better rice cookers. Cooker. Come on. I know, Z- Zojirushi and everything, but the Xiaomi one is cute. You know me and cute. Um, but then, yes. Yeah, so, so the I also know you and rice, Trillin. You want your perfect rice. Also that. You need a pressure oh, I mean, cooker yes. rice cooker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, eh, it's, anyway. <laughs> The point that I was trying to make mm-hmm. is that, like, the smart glasses is uh, definitely very within Xiaomi's wheelhouse, given its wheelhouse is pretty huge. Uh, and I'm not surprised this is a very Xiaomi thing to do. Uh, Xiaomi also is one of the Chinese companies that has so far managed to stay away from what seems to be lots of, like, Chinese government influence. But mm. we don't know. You never know. We don't know. So it's very, hard to, it's very hard to be excited for something and, and, and yet remember,
remember that you still have to remain kind of skeptical of some of these mm-hmm. things coming out of uh, China, at least. All right. Thank you for that. Let's move on to what we've been working on. Uh, I am currently testing the Dell XPS 15 OLED, the Ooh. 2021 model. It is, I have it sitting right next to me. It is very nice. Uh, OLED screen on any laptop. Just give it to me. I'll eat that up. Uh, but the XPS 15, uh, it is the same basic design that I reviewed last year. But hey, it's faster. The screen looks fantastic. Um, it is overall like, this is like one of one of the best 15-inch laptops you can get right now. So my review will be going up sometime next week, I think. Uh, it's very good. And I'm really interested in seeing how Apple ends up bringing uh, the M1 to a 15-inch, or not 15-inch, 16-inch MacBook yeah. Pro. Like, I really want to see yeah. what the next M1 is going to be because sometimes you need more space. You know, I can work on a 13-inch laptop, especially if it's writing and stuff and basic image editing. But if you really want to, like, do a lot of stuff, you probably need a 15-inch laptop. Uh, I'm really digging this thing. It also ha- it has an NVIDIA RTX 3050 Ti GPU. So the lowest end of the RTX is you won't really, really uh, be able to do ray tracing and stuff. But you could play a couple games on it. Like, that's nice. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. What have you been working on, Trillin? Um, Well, so I'm working on a lot. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, all everything. Of it I You're working about. on everything. All the Apple. I can't eventually. tell y'all. <laughs> Y'all will probably know next week. So okay. that's all I can like. I can't. Even, I don't even think I can say anything more than that. Mm-hmm. Really, we, um, we're but also yeah, no. all prepping for an event next week. Um, exactly. Uh, this week was all Apple, 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 iPhone, iPhone, and Microsoft. Next week's be like, hey, um, we we have stuff too, guys. You want to ha- oh, want to have yeah. a party? Want to come to our after party? Surface. Surface party, everybody. Uh, there's going to be a new Surface event. And normally, Microsoft does this like the first week yep. of October or yep, just yep. in October. But this week is like, no, no, no. We're good. We're ready. We're like we're ready. so ready. We don't well, need the extra time. Yep. Also, they're going to be launching a whole new version of Windows and everything. So that's the thing, right? They need space to like, they right. need hype cycle space. They also need to unveil the Surface laptop so people know you can buy a computer with Windows 11, right? That's It is all about the product cycle at this point. Yes, so, yes. That's the main reason. But yeah, we're, I'm looking forward to it. I like surfaces. I hope yeah. they do something new and different. Uh, there are rumors about new duos. Uh, certainly the Surface Pro needs an updating. The Surface Book needs a serious update. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And I've seen some rumors out of The Verge and some other places. Um, it almost seems like the Surface Book is going to be getting a rotating screen or like a bendy screen, like a convertible screen mm-hmm. rather than the pop-out, which... That pop-out screen has been such a like weight on the Surface Book mm. because it made that laptop so thick and it made it hard right. for uh they basically had to they could only fit the CPU on the screen size. So right. that really limited the amount of power they could put in the Surface Book. So it was a cool design, you know, like maybe yeah. they can we've maybe been complaining they can, about it, yeah. We've been complaining about it. maybe they could reuse it down the line on like something smaller where you don't need a ton of power, but I'm really mm-hmm. interested in seeing like what the next Surface Book is going to be as well. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. We'll have live coverage. We'll we'll be doing a live stream as well. Mm-hmm. That should be fun, but a lot of work for all of us. So if we sound a little tired or dead, that's why. We'll be dead from yep. now till November. That's now it. till November. Yeah, we're just gonna, yeah. Mm-hmm. we'll be dead till November. <laughs> Let's move on to some of our pop culture picks. Uh, what do you got for me? This week, Sherlyn. So uh, I've got. I'm keeping it real this week with some documentaries y'all um number one yeah the first i I have a pair of documentaries to uh to recommend and 
the first of them is Fake Famous on HBO Max. Have you heard of this one, Davindra? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I I saw it on uh, HBO Max. Look, setting aside your thoughts on its skill as a documentary itself, uh-huh. right? Just put that aside. Let's not get the content of it is actually very interesting. This is about how a project by um um former or maybe still a, a reporter journalist who covered a social media. Um, he's he's running an experiment uh, in this documentary, taking three pretty much unknown people and trying to make them famous on social media and then gaining them a bunch of followers and all kinds of spawn con coming out of that. And it takes a look basically through this lens at the world of, of influencers and influencing Mm-hmm. You know, how to win friends and influence people, I guess. Uh, not only does it go, you know. How to buy friends I, and influencer people, basically. Or more like yeah. how to buy bots and get free shit. Oh, exactly. Um, yes. Really, yeah. That's actually it because you're buying, the bots are just your fake friends. So yeah, that that's yes, it. Exactly, exactly. So so I think on the surface or, or before really watching it, you might make the assumption that it's just about how, oh, you know, people try to make themselves look good by going to all these shoot locations. But I, I do enjoy how the documentary takes pains to kind of spell out how much money goes into this, how much you reap, and then also some of the mental health tolls that it takes on the people that are involved. Um, I I mean, I, I surprisingly really enjoyed it. So you might too. <laughs> the other documentary that i wanted to plug and i think i've mentioned this before is called mm-hmm. my name is polly murray mm. um this is a documentary about polly murray uh first disclaimer uh produced by betsy west and julie cohen betsy west was my professor in j school <laughs> polly murray is a lawyer and activist who was uh, I'm going to just read off of Wikipedia right now, who was instrumental in arguing the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment mm-hmm. that outlawed discrimination based on sex. Um, but Murray was, uh, I, I believe, someone that also influenced Ruth Bader Ginsburg a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, she was also a pioneer in um, things like about gender identity, about sexual orientation. I think she was one of the... The, the documentary does take a look at her her own sexual orientation, the the possibility of of all of that too, very in in a very nuanced way. Uh, shout out also that Betsy West and Julie Cohen's latest documentary is about Julia Childs, um, mm-hmm. that they've been kind of just bringing around. The reason I am talking about Polly Marie now is because uh, recently it got a release date on Prime Video. It will be available uh, in limited release September 17th um, in, I believe, some theaters around the world. But then it'll be on Prime Video on October 1st. So you should check it out whenever that uh, whenever that day comes. Cool. I like it a lot. Very cool. You told yeah. me about your pick, Devendra, and I'm actually pretty stoked. Yeah. So I wanted to, yeah, recommendation for you and the rest of the crew is Malignant, the next horror movie from James Wan. I love James mm. Wan. You know, uh, yes. th- this is a guy. He created Saw. He did Insidious. He did the Conjuring movies, which Conjuring. we both love, except Conjuring Three sucked. Um, there's a lot. Is also very good. Insidious is good, and then those movies also like fell apart towards the end. Yeah. And he only started Saw. He was, I don't believe he was like super involved in like all the sequels and everything. But no, yeah. this guy is super creative. He did it. You know, he's coming off of doing a Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious Seven. He did Aquaman, which was a ton of fun. 
I love him as a filmmaker. And this movie is him like attempting to start a new sort of horror franchise. Um, and Malignant, it's kind of funny because he basically deliberately made a B movie. Like the script is rough. A lot of the acting is really rough. Um, oh, no. But it is a lot of like, and I think like it gets some emotional beats done really well. It's a lot of fun, even though it starts in a really like downer way. Like it starts really heavy. And then it gets more mm-hmm. and more crazy and bonkers as the movie goes on. So I'm not going to spoil anything about this movie except to say, if you're the sort of person that used to love digging up like B grade, you know, B horror movies on VHS uh, when you were just bored, when video stories existed, like if you're into B horror, I think you'll be really into this. I think somebody expecting like, man, this movie is just weird. It's just so weird. And the acting is bad. If you can't move past that. Like VHS, the actual series, the actual movie. No, like actual, I mean like actual VHS, the technology. I know. Not just the series. Uh, although VHS I did enjoy 2, the VHS movie. VHS yes. 2 is a classic and yeah. they have a new one coming out, like VHS 1994 Ugh. that I'm really excited by. Oh, uh, no. But VHS 2, everybody watch that too. Malignant is a lot of fun. Um, but maybe, you know, it, it is gruesome. It is crazy. And then it turns into like a crazy action movie at certain points too. I'm like, James Wan, you're just a crazy bastard and I love you for it. So shout out to Malignant is streaming now on HBO max. You can see in theaters, but just watch on HBO. I think it's better for that. Be safe. Um, I have also been catching up on for all mankind, which is an Mm -hmm. Apple TV plus series. I've been meaning to watch for a while co-created by ronald d moore who did battlestar galactica the reboot i tried watching the show when it first launched um you know when apple tv plus launched and it seemed fine it is an alternate history um space race story where the russians where the soviet union landed on the moon first that is the very first scene of the first episode and it's entirely about how nasa responds to that um I think I realized why I didn't move past that first episode or, you know, a couple of years ago is that it's just, it's a little rough. Like it takes forever. Um, the first two episodes are just like, takes a while to get going. It's not until episode three where you start to see like what the show is doing. Um, like, let's just say, uh, the Soviet Union starts making more advances, like getting the first, uh, woman on the moon before the U S and meanwhile, NASA's like, Oh man, we, we are bad. We, we got nothing. We don't even have women astronauts. So it is like a nice kickstart to NASA starting this whole, like if we did read the space race in a way where we're like, okay, women are going to be a part of it. People of color are going to be a part of it from the beginning. We're going to actually invest in build things and do things, uh, not just to like, not just to win, not just to be first, but to actually mm-hmm. like develop something. Uh, this show kind of goes into that. Um, if you are a Star Trek fan or a Battlestar fan or a sci-fi fan, and you've always wondered, like, how did how did this civilization get to this point, right? Like, where we could have starships mm. and whatnot. You mean our civilization? Yeah. Yeah, any civilization, like humanity. Um, I think this series is sort of that. Like, if they, ke- if they kept going for five or six seasons, I could easily see them being like, okay, we're going to leap mm-hmm. forward in time. 50 years because actually even within season one so far they jump forward six months a couple of years at time so like time moves really quickly it's a little bit like the crown there you could easily see them like building into being a space-faring civilization by the end of season four or something so i'm really excited to see where this goes i love the writing love the characters a lot of actors i really like uh, including joel kinnaman who i was I, gonna say I the only joel thing kinnaman. i want i love joel yeah, yeah. uh people <laughs> 
I, I think a lot of people dismiss him as like a, a model type guy because he's a, he's a very pretty man and he he's a former model. But he's also I like him as an actor. Um, he he plays as Edward Baldwin. He is you know one of the astronauts, like one of the core astronauts in this. Um, but it has a bunch of people that I really like. Um, Nate Cordry is in the show. Chris Bauer, who's like the nice gruff. He's a gruff guy. I first saw him on The Wire season two, I think. Um, great cast, great writing. Uh, it takes a little while to get going, but I think once you get into season into episode three, you will understand like why it's very good. So give it a shot. And if you tried it and gave up, I'd say just get, stick around for a little longer. I think you'll really dig that. Final thing I'll talk about is Deathloop, which came out this week. This is the Arcane Studios game. Arcane has made Dishonored, Prey, and this one specifically comes from Arcane uh, Leon. So the people who are uh, really heavily involved in Dishonored 2, uh, it is a loop-based game like so many these days where a day repeats itself. You play as a guy who's trying to break the loop by killing a ton of people absorbing their powers all the powers are also very reminiscent of things we saw in dishonored so i kind of love that i love how they're basically reusing gameplay concepts from a series that should have been more popular um in this thing that's basically it meanwhile you have a like um a rival who's always trying to kill you to basically stop you from breaking the loop uh and the really cool thing is that there is like a multiplayer component to this like uh sort of like the the dark souls games somebody can invade your game play this other assassin and wipe you out to kill like to stop your progress for the day so that could be open to randos on the internet friends on your friend list or just like the computer the ai could do it too i have a lot of fun when I'm just like bored, I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to go dick around in the game for a little while. I'm going to go ruin somebody's night, you know? So I really enjoy like going on, just like being Juliana, the, the rival assassin, and like, just like really stalking people. Cause you get an alert that you've been invaded. So all of a sudden, like that person playing, like, is just sweating. It's like, oh, she is here somewhere. I cannot escape this world until I kill her or like hack this thing and escape. So that immediately introduces dread into their night and then a lot of it's just like trying to sneak up on them and kill them or you know a lot of things you can set traps for them i sort of love that cat and mouse gameplay um so i'm really digging it and the actual core game is really good um jessica condit over in gadget did our full review and she really loved it as well i think the actual story is good um I love Arcane. I love Arcane games. So play Prey, play the Dishonored series if you haven't. And if you have a PS5, check out Deathloop. It is a perfect video game. Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at at Devendra on Twitter and at my movie podcast, The Filmcast. If you're a real friend and not a bot, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Sherlyn Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast.engadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, Mouser Electronics. Not only does Mouser stock the world's widest selection of semiconductors and electronic components, they also offer an original content series called Empowering Innovation Together. Each month, EIT takes a deep dive into the hottest tech trends, and this month the focus is on intelligent transportation systems. 
Check out podcasts, articles, infographics, videos, and more at mouser.com slash empowering dash innovation.